Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff coming from the Craft Beverage Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I have a very special guest with me, Andrew Boyd from Blue Label Packaging Company. Innovation is a key to success in the packaging industry right now. And we were kind of chatting just before you got on the mic about how you got into printing and packaging labels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, like the printing industry, pretty old industry. It's um, been around for a little while, right? <laughs> yeah, since Gutenberg. <laughs> and so uh, basically what, what happened was there was a, a family company uh, that I'm part of a, that family. And they had a... <laughs> you, can't, you can't pick your family. Right. So you were born into printing. Yes, exactly. So, and, and they had an envelope printing company. Okay. And it made church offering envelopes of all things. And as you, you might think... Church offering envelopes, not exactly a hot seller once the internet uh, was invented. There are a lot of churches. A lot of churches, but also the internet, such a great way to transfer money rather than putting it into an envelope. Uh, also true, yeah. Yeah, so around 2000, we started to see some declines in our age-old business of offering envelopes. Okay, that makes sense. You know, we started to look at, all right, what are other, what are areas in printing that are growing? And it's like, all right, well, in packaging, that is like associated with a, a physical good, so it can't be replaced by the internet. So let's look to, maybe we do some digital packaging. And at that point, digital packaging was really um brand new. Like the runs were tiny, the technology was slow, it was super expensive. And so how it would work is you'd partner with a much larger printer and then they would just farm out their smallest jobs to a digital printer. Gotcha. So we built a little business that way. It was nice. Okay. Um, But it wasn't really enough to sustain itself. It was too small. So in like 2012, we looked at, okay, we kind of have to sink or swim here with this digital packaging, which was super cool technology. Technology was moving along at a really nice uh, progression so you could do bigger and bigger jobs. And it was starting to get feasible that you could be somebody's full-time provider. But the problem was we didn't really have that market yet. So we were just relying on bigger printers to maybe send us some of their smaller work. So what we did is I was at, just out of school at that point. Uh, and I was like, you know what's happening is craft breweries are popping up everywhere. They are. And at that point, it was really before cans came around. So it was like just these small run bottles. Bottle labels, yeah. Exactly. Self-adhesive kind of yeah and multiple versions and uh yeah. and special editions were still kind of a novelty yeah and so we thought hey maybe we can take advantage of this demand that we're seeing and we can provide people for just what they need regardless of how big this brew is going to be for them we can we can meet their needs and so we invested in some bigger equipment we became blue label and we started um basically trying to pursue the craft beer market it took a long time <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's it, 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 this is a strange market to break into because you know once you get that first client and they can see quality, then that's going to snowball from there. And it, but it, it's finding that first client. Yeah, for sure. And I think like sometimes I'll tell people, you know, you, like when you read those inspirational like quotes, it's like <laughs> success. Yeah, even yeah. when you're successful, it may not look like it at the time. You know, <laughs> but that's so true. It is. It is. And I hate to ever say those inspirational no, quotes yeah, are true, yeah. but that one is like. Uh, especially on point because I think it probably took an entire 365 days to get our first brewery customer after we decided, okay, we're going to invest in a bunch of, yeah, 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 exactly. So what we had to do first is the labels are actually great and they still exist, but we had to make up a fake brewery to convince people that we could do beer labels and then, but people need to see that. It's always like the proof is in the pudding, right? Same, same cheesy expression, but they had to see it on a can or a bottle first before it really came through. True. And it's like, do you think people ever really know they're the first customer? They don't. <laughs> they don't. You don't. It's like the first, really, yeah. the first like airline, commercial airline yeah. customer. They're like, you're going to love it. Then they landed. They're like, okay, that was the first time. No, we did it. <laughs> we, we made it happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. In hindsight, it was, that's how we had to do it. So, that's smart though. 
So, I mean, you had examples for people to see, and it was a brewery. So, And in this industry, especially, reputation is so important. 100%. And in the early days, I mean, like any growing industry, there's lots of people moving. They grow, and they start their own. Or they share with their friends um, who they're using, who they like working with. And so we grew a lot that way in the early years of the brewing industry. And I think for me, when it really clicked of like, wow, this is a great place to be, was there was a um, craft brewers conference in Portland in like 20, maybe 2015, 2014. Yeah. And we just walked it. I mean, we didn't have the money at that point to actually set up and do a booth. And I've never seen like just so much enthusiasm and so much, uh, like so many, uh, for lack of a better term, just good vibes at a trade show. It's weird when you come to these, like the brewing industry is everyone's usually, well, unless they're hangover, yeah. they're usually all yes. smiling, right? They're all having a great time because it's something you don't, you see passion in other industries, but people are very passionate about beer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a, it, for some, it's a religion. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's why there's so many people here. So what are you guys doing on the label front? Uh, because what, here's what I've seen. Yeah. COVID hit. Everyone had to go from the model of bringing folks into their small brewery, winery yeah. distillery into, oh, we have to package now. Yeah. There, we have to be able to keep our doors open during this when we can't allow people to come in. How do we get our, our product to folks if we've never bottle canned or done anything like that before? Absolutely. And so then they reach out to you. and Because I know logistically right now, it's really hard to find aluminum cans. And it's hard to find some of the raw material. Uh, I know that Ball Manufacturing said one thing to Coke. They said, they're, you're only going to get 75% of the cans you ordered. Yeah. That's a scary thing. Absolutely. And they also said that the minimum order for printed cans now is five tractor trailer loads. Yeah. So that must have changed some of the things that you guys were doing. Absolutely. Not only do you have to think about what you're going through on the business level, but like all of us, you're going through what is happening at the personal level. And right. even to this day, it's kind of hard to like sort out that like the roller coaster of realizing what was happening. But versus a lot of other, I think, industries that because of the short shelf life of beer, it was apparent what was happening very quick. Yeah. Uh, within four weeks, I think we saw like, oh man, like we're seeing a ton of demand to the tune of we need to make some investments in additional equipment. We need to start hiring people. And so I think we started a hiring push to bring in more help probably early April, which was at a time when like a lot of the U.S. is still like, what are we even going to be doing here? How does this even look or work? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you're wearing your bandana masks and you're, (laughs) you know, like you're you're scanning people's heads with the thermometer. It's just trying to figure out whatever works. Yep. You know, but these breweries needed, I mean, it was their lifeblood at that point to be able to, to stay open. Honestly, yeah. Absolutely. And so it was critical we were able to get them the labels they needed. And for us, our, our turn time's five days. So we, we were like, we have to stick with our five-day turn time regardless of the circumstances. Wow. That is so fast. And it meant, um, it meant Saturdays, Sundays, sure. around the clock, uh, and then just bringing in whoever we could. And, and trying to secure whatever equipment. And the nice thing is because we acted quickly, other, you know, a lot of other uh, one of our competitors, but people wanted to wait. They saw a backlog building up. It's a nice place to be, you know. Okay, sure. We'll slowly pace this out. Yep you know, helps our margins, but ultimately their service level dropped and yep. the people who were desperate to get something on a shelf, you know, essentially kind of came to us in some ways. That's awesome. And so, um, you know, it was, it felt a little scary at the time to be seeing what was happening in the world. And it's like, yeah, we have to spend some money on CapEx and try to be able to accommodate what's happening. And I'm really glad we did because it meant through that entire summer and then into the fall, which is actually probably the heaviest period of when like every brewery in the U.S., even the people that were maybe initially shut down, that's when we saw demand really the the fall of 2020. Yeah. And then 2021 has looked a lot more normal, I would say. At at that point, yeah. Yeah, because some people, like everything else, some people overbought, you know, so they... They stocked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. They uh, yeah. build an inventory, not yeah. They 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 <laughs> invested in inventory. So there's a little bit of whiplash <laughs> in that regard. But um, but yeah, it was a extremely eventful. That was uh, an amazing years. foresight to be like, yeah, we need to move now though, because I bet shortly after you purchased the expansion of equipment, that equipment wasn't available either. Yeah, I, and uh, um, actually, one of our uh, larger printing presses. It was the last one they had in inventory. And they're like, you have to make the decision now. And it's a big, inve- I mean, huge investment no, it, for a smaller company. Yes, yes. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to do it. So I like the, in hindsight, it's nice to say that I like had a clue <laughs> what was going to happen and next. you could look in and figure it out, yeah. But I think it was just uh, kind of a gambler's instinct of like, all right, well. <laughs> Definitely, but I, I, it worked out well for you. What's, uh, what's the new fun thing that you guys are doing uh, at Blue Label? Okay, so... We, it's not fun, but what happened was we had to build a much larger warehouse because like everybody, everything that you are used to being able to get, you know, essentially on demand or at least in, on a short turn, you're now having an inventory and stock up, you know, sometimes some lead times are six months and you have to right. figure all that out. And even more, I know that like you'd mentioned the can market. Yeah. We see similar stuff with a lot of our films that we use, a lot of our papers. So we built a new warehouse, which was not fun, but it's again, been more investment. Have. Exactly. So just investing in the facility. Um, we had added shrink sleeve offerings about a year before, um, about in 2019. And I'm so glad that we did. And we had, we're pretty far down that road because we're seeing a lot of people, like you had mentioned, yes, moving away from screen printing printing cans. They can't, they can't get them. They just, I mean, you're talking about warehousing space. That's also not cheap. So yeah. you not only invested in people and, and uh, presses, which you had to supply all these machines and you had to keep them fed. Absolutely. So that was a huge investment. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, (laughs) if you don't build it, you're not going to be able to serve people, you know, deliver it. Yeah. So in that respect, the decision is easy, but yeah, to what extent it's like, yeah, this ever change? Yeah. When, yeah. When do you say like, Oh, let's, let's see where this all plays out now. But uh, the shrink sleeve thing was something I saw coming down the pipeline, and that was smart to be ahead of that. Yeah. Even before the pandemic, you could see where uh, specialty one-off things and all of these uh, you know, goofy beers that people were doing at the time that they had these really super crazy kitschy names where they wouldn't want to invest in a large order of a particular style to see if it was yeah. going to sell in the marketplace or not. Yeah. Earlier on in Label, we started working with some really tremendous, I mean, so many awesome breweries, but... Um, one that uh, comes to mind as one of the specialists in the limited release, you know, yeah. uh, is other half in New York. That and they taught us so much about that dimension of the business, which is um, creating, I mean, enthusiasm, creating interest in things that are going to be temporary that you might yeah. never see again. Yeah. So that limited release methodology, and that's really, in many ways, that pushed us into new areas of decoration. I mean, screen printing, foil stamping, embossing, wow. and doing, you know, and and you'll see that on a wine bottle, you'll see that on a sure. spirits label. And even on a special edition bomber, but to see it on can releases has always been really cool. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that I've been asked a lot about here is, you know, what are, how can we get even further outside the box? What's going to, because right now it is skewmageddon is what we call it. Yeah. There's so many SKUs, which is basically packages on the shelf. You get to a place where you can buy beer and you get overwhelmed. Yeah. So it's you and your company that innovates to make sure that they grab their products off the market. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and not to say the limit is the creativity of the designers, but in some respects, you can do so. I mean, look to some of the high-end spirits, look to some of the yeah. high-end wine stuff. A lot of that decoration can be brought into the beer space. Yeah, There are some performance limitations because obviously you're dealing with a much more rough um, filling environment. You know, sure. it's going to be like there's a lot more moisture. It's a lot more wear and tear. A hundred. Well, and you're, you're, I mean, filling a 
carbonated product is such a Absolutely. different Oscar than than dealing with still product, whether it's wine or, or spirits. Absolutely, but but they're with uh, the developments in like UV inks and some of these screen buildups is you can really create tactile feels. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of different ways to do that. Uh, there's, I mean, even walking around today, I've seen some awesome, uh, like kind of almost 3D tactile shrink sleeves on cans. Wow. So you're still getting a lot of the cost advantages of your shrink sleeve, but you're creating like almost an embossed effect. Interesting. So I think not to say, you know, more SKUs is a trend because I think we, we're kind of seeing what we're going to get, but I think to see a lot higher degree of brands developing their own sense for uh, what kind of other techniques they want to use, what t- kind of other materials they want to use. What they want to have for something special. Right. Yeah. Like they have their core brands and then they have to have something that stands out from their core brands, but still needs to be congruent with their marketing message and like their, their style. And to that end, I don't know if, if, there, if there's a section for plugs. Yeah, but. 100%. <laughs> no, no. That's like, how do, get, how do people get a hold of you? Well, definitely that. But we're actually um, sponsoring with our very good friends at Stout Collective. Yeah. which is a design firm in Chicago. Uh, we're hosting the Beer Design Conference. It's called BOP in <laughs> Chicago in the fall. That's brilliant. Yeah. And so uh, basically it's a conference just focused on beer design Yeah. for designers. It's put together by designers and it's going to focus on what trends are, how to how to create techniques, what techniques are developing, sustainability and packaging. And so I would say anybody who's interested, um, I think go to our website, believablepackaging.com and we have links. To, to that conference? Uh, I, I know uh, a couple of my students right now, currently in the program, they have a graphic design background and they want to learn the production yeah. side so they can talk uh, the language of the people trying to make these products and, and then innovate with graphics or whatever it is and understand what they're trying to get at when they're saying the jargon in any yeah. industry, right? Yeah, and so such a need for that. But there is. There's this go be like we there's a ton of brewery manu- like brewing equipment manufacturers here. Yeah. They are engineers. They are. Let's just be honest. <laughs> They're engineers. They talk engineering. Yeah. The brewers that are coming here are talking from like passion in the production side. They know they, they, they there's a there's a, a little bit of a dichotomy between some of those folks. Absolutely, and, and that same thing with the packaging. I, I almost guarantee. And even with the, um, even with some with the graphic design background, yeah, getting the taking the additional the final steps and understanding packaging design, yes, and the needs of designing in three dimensions, designing something. That's, that's the other thing. It's yeah. it's a you're folding up a box and you're then laying it out flat, and in your brain you have to be able to build it up so everything yeah. lines up, which is just insane. Absolutely, and so I, I think to that end, I'm so stoked to be involved with something where we're promoting beer design. Uh, no, that's a super innovative conference. I hadn't heard of it. This is this is exciting for me. I've been teaching this stuff for... Today's, today's kind of its debut in many ways. Really? So, yeah. I, so yeah, since 2013, I've been teaching this stuff. And I was a, a commercial brewer for 10 years before that. I went to UC Davis Brewing Program. So I've been in this industry for a long time. I bartended before that. So yeah. I've been around booze Well, I, I, since I was four. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say I've been around for a long time. And it's that conference is is necessary. Absolutely. And I think that that's going to draw on a ton of, they should draw a ton of folks from around the world. It, and, and I mean, we're definitely elevating our, I mean, we're elevating our industry. I mean, yes. In, in brewing. And it's so, I think it's only fair that the packaging match where we're headed. Um, because as you mentioned, the days are over when just simply throwing out a bunch of stuff and seeing what sticks, because whether you like it or not, you're up against a tough, I mean, tough competition and you have to have the same tools and resources they have. And the funny thing about this industry is, you know, when you have an area with a lot of breweries, it's not necessarily about competition. It's kind of like the rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. And so they all want to make really amazing beers. So they, everyone comes to there. 
Yeah. They don't leave that. And so they're all making more money and then, you know, innovating on all the other parts of it. Um, how do people get a hold of Blue Label Packaging Company? Okay. That's a great question. Um, basically, <laughs> just go to our website, okay. which is bluelabelpackaging.com. That's... <laughs> um, I mean, you really cryptid... I mean, it's so cryptic. <laughs> There's no... Yeah, nothing tricky with the spelling. It's all one... Word. There's a um, Batman symbol at the end for everyone who's yeah, listening. So you figure that out on your it's keyboard. It's info at, but you can yeah. just go to the website and it's yeah, all right yeah, there. No, so. no, and then they can see some of the, the work and all sorts of stuff and Absolutely. get a hold of some of your designers and, and really start creating unique stuff for you and for I mean, them as well. When you're a printer, ultimately your work is interesting because of who your customers are and what they do. And so that's what we always try to, we try to focus in all of our marketing and everything else is focusing on the work that our customers have been able to create, but man, there's just nothing better than like seeing something you collaborated on on the store shelf. It's at, super at the bar fun, bag, isn't it, man? It's nerdy. Or best of all, in your hand. I mean, right. when you're about to drink it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, like, there's a sense of pride when you say, hey, that label. Absolutely. Those four million cans. I, I designed that. Absolutely. That's that's sweet. I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, again, Blue Label Packaging Company. Go to their website. Check it out. Thanks once again, Andrew, for stopping by Consuming the Craft Podcast at the Craft Beverage Conference up here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having me.